What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. And today we have a very special guest. We have Henry from the Brothers Martins. And we're asking the question, how do you define your unique look? I'm get right in my bag. Uh, why you gonna try to get mad? Uh, everybody wanna keep up. Uh, don't you know I'm more too fast? Uh, I'm gonna zip, zip right past. Uh, drip, drip all of my swag. Uh, all right, so welcome to the Wedding Film School show. We have an awesome show with you today with a very special guest. But before we get started, I want to introduce my co-host, Mr. Jason McCutcheon. What's up? What's up, dude? Um, yeah, man. I mean, this has been a lot of fun doing this show, right? I mean, I feel like we've been doing it every single day uh, for the last four days because there's been a lot that's been announced in the last week. Yep. Um, I'm excited to just get back to like normal podcast mode and sleep. <laughs> We've been putting so much work into kind of, uh, you know, the podcasts and live channels and, you know, doing a lot of this stuff, which has been fun. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, like, we're actually adding value to people. If you're like a new filmmaker, you're somebody who's getting started or you're a vet, you know, I mean, we want to we be adding value. So let us know what you're enjoying and what would help you, um, because that's what the kind of stuff we want to be doing. Well, I'll tell you what I have been enjoying lately is my lights from Kinotenic. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over there. Uh, they're the maker of the Practolite. And if you head over there today, um, they are offering a special deal for our Wedding Film School show listeners. Uh, 25% off the whole order, right? Isn't that yeah. how it goes down? You can order seven Practolites. For 25% off, which is actually a really great That's deal. It's a crazy deal. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe they, they offered that. Um, I, mean, I would have saved like hundreds and hundreds of dollars that they would have had that deal. <laughs> <laughs> well it's i think it's a good, a good excuse for us to just buy more because we use them all the time um but if you head over to their site uh what's the code jason wfs25 very cool Type which will that appear somewhere within this world right above my head yeah check them out um today we have a special guest jay do you want to introduce our guest today yes right. so if you have um been living under a rock um, for the last four years, you're on the Wedding Film School channel, and you have not been paying attention to any filmmakers but Craig Adams. Um, there's a lot of new people that are freaking killing it these days, and one of our goals on this show and on this channel is to start introducing people to really inspirational filmmakers. And so today we got one of those guys on here, somebody who I think is really, really, <clears throat> in a lot of ways, kind of a trendsetter in our industry. What's up, Henry? What's up, guys? You guys are so nice. Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you for being on, man. And and excited to talk today about um, defining a unique look. I think it's a, a question that a lot of people are asking, especially when they're starting off, which I think is what a lot of Wedding Film School listeners are, is just, hey, how do I do this thing? Like, I know how to operate a camera. I know how to set up audio. And it, they want to get to the exciting part, which is like defining their own kind of look, becoming like a director on a film set kind of deal uh, but in the wedding world um, so excited yeah. to, to talk a little bit about the day before we get into the meat of the topic today we're gonna do something three questions with Henry Martin so the first question we got is what is in your kit ah yeah the infamous kit question um, very much like you guys I'm also a gearhead uh, and uh, I think uh, it's really important it kind of does tie into the big topic of defining your look and trying to figure that out uh, but in my kit I'm shooting on black magic cameras uh, pocket 4ks and a pocket 6k uh, and recently decided to make the plunge into uh, adding a a7s3 as my gimbal cam so uh, basically I have a cam b cam pocket uh, 4ks and then um, my pocket 6k is just for 
special uses, we'll get into that later, um, or a ceremony cam, and then uh, A7S III on the gimbal, um, and then I'm using Tamron lenses. There's a reason for that, just because they have IS, so we'll kind of talk about that later also with defining your look. It kind of, it's nice how this gear question really ties into that whole segment as well. Um, and then for the audio recording, uh, using the new Zoom F2s, which I absolutely love. Um, I know that there's been a couple issues with people having like sound popping, so I'm a little bit hesitant to recommend them. I haven't had any issues with them, so I love them. And then of course, uh, the Mix Pre 6 Mark II uh, for like my uh, audio recorder that I'm using for like uh, soundboards and stuff like that. And then for lights, I'm pretty crazy. I bring a, um, an Aperture 300X, and then I just also purchased their uh, 60X. Um, so yeah, so that's what's in my kit. Next question we want to ask you, Henry Martins, uh, is um, what's your most favorite wedding film that you've shot recently? Uh, it's I, I'd say it's kind of hard to define like your like my favorite, but the one that I'm kind of most proud of, I guess you could say, recently is this film that I put out from Columbia, um, and uh, just my career is kind of shifting from doing these highlight films into doing multi-day um, kind of documentary filmmaking, but this film is still falls into this shorter category, and it's probably my favorite highlight that I've put together in a long time, just because it's so like. Um, kind of a mishmash of all my styles into one. Everything that I love about weddings, I kind of put into this one film. The couple gave me like full creative license where when I was editing it, I didn't have to like, I didn't worry about anything. So it was really nice and it was very like creatively freeing to kind of put all these different um, homages into one film. And then the couple ended up just like loving it. So um, yeah, so it's this film from Columbia and uh, it was a multi-day event, but instead of doing a documentary style, we did short highlight film and it turned out really cool in my opinion. What stands out the most to me about the film is actually the opportunity to work with a couple like this where their main goal was to entertain their guest at every single step of like the wedding process. There wasn't a single part of the wedding that was really like just about them. They just wanted to entertain their guests. So from like the filming perspective, what, I, what excites me about it is it gave me a lot of unique content from a wedding to include. So we have a rehearsal dinner, uh, a rehearsal uh, like night. It was kind of like a welcome party really. We have like uh, Colombian ballet dancers. Um, we have three different performers, like a DJ, a violinist, uh, then like a, the, another group. You know, on the wedding day, we have um, a, 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 it's a, a surprise flash mob that's like they're dressed up, they're disguised as like waiters in like the reception, um, and they're opera singers. Uh, and like it was just like this amazing experience. They have a, a surprise uh, reggaeton, famous reggaeton artist from in, from Colombia who like who performed at their at their reception for like the second half of it just like layers on layers on layers and so like that's what I was trying to build in the film and it was so cool um, to just like be a part of that um, and and try to really just try to like show like how much these people care about like their guests experience where can people watch that if uh, if they want to see the whole film yeah, they can watch it on our Instagram at uh, the Brothers Martins. Um, that's like the only place that's live right now. We're holding off on releasing it on our YouTube channel. We're gonna um, link to their Instagram in the description, so yeah. definitely check that out. Um, we're also gonna be linking to um, Henry's kit, so you can go check out his kit right on the what is that website called Kit dot whatever Kit dot com. Yeah, we'll we'll put a link below to Henry's kit specifically. So if you want to see what he's using to create his amazing films, um, that's where you can go. The I final question in our three questions is: How do people get connected with you if they want to know more about Henry Martins? 
Uh, yeah, I, I run a, a small website called ProLutz.com. Um, there's some LUTs on there for Sony shooters, uh, as well as like, um, I, one thing I recently started doing was doing film reviews for people. Uh, and I do one-on-one -on -one workshops with people. So that's a great place to do it. But of course, Instagram's also great. If you guys wanna slide in my DMs and just talk about, you know, whatever, um, I'm pretty easily accessible and love to chat with people about the industry. Look, I'm just gonna be completely honest with you. Can we be a little bit transparent here? I'm gonna tell you one of my deepest, darkest secrets. I actually really don't enjoy editing that much. <laughs> if you were to give me the option between shooting and editing, I would pick shooting 11 times out of 10. And if you've been editing and, and doing video production for any length of time, you know that dread in your heart as you know, wedding after wedding after wedding keeps on mounting up, piling up on your backlog. It really sucks. I hate it and I'm sure you do too. So what can you do about it? You can of course ignore it. It's not gonna go away. You can hire a video editor to work on staff. Maybe it costs you 50 to 60 grand plus taxes, or you can simply reach out to our friends at No Backlog. They make it super easy to knock out edits while you focus on other more important things like growing your business and making more money. And that's what it's all about, right? Save time and money by working with a professional, reliable, and affordable video editing partner. And get your life back today. You can spend more time with your kids, with your spouse, with your important other person, or you can simply just play more video games. I don't care. This is a no judgment zone, man. So make sure you're visiting nobacklog.com and get started today. All right, we're back, Henry. And um, so today we're, we're talking about a topic and, and like it a little bit connects with something I've heard you speak about in the past, which is just um, finding your voice. Today we're kind of maybe fine tune it a little bit and, and talk about defining your look. So for you, you are currently a black magic shooter. You're very experienced. You've done a lot of things. Tell me about that journey for you to kind of arrive at um, what you're currently doing and how like your idea of like what was in your head factored into the choice of gear. Totally. Um, so just like everyone else uh, in the industry, um, I started off just no idea what I was doing, but I got very into gear very quickly. Um, and so started off on Blackmagic, which is ironic. My very first camera I ever bought uh, was on Blackmagic. I accidentally won an eBay bid. So I had to learn a lot of stuff. <laughs> hold on, um, hold on. Uh, <laughs> accidentally won an eBay bid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, like when you're on eBay and you're like, oh, I'm going to place this. Or it's never going to. Well, I'll never win I this. Won it. I, I had to borrow the money from my brother to pay for it. I didn't even have <laughs> the $1,600 for this camera. I'm not going like, to lie. You know? I've done that with guitar equipment before. Yeah, yeah, right? Like <laughs> so. stuff you're just like, oh, I, I would die to have this. So I got Black Magic first, um, and uh, it was it was cool for me because I actually had to learn manual focus. Uh, and back then, they didn't even have good autofocus. Um, and so, but I had to learn manual focus really well, and I had to learn kind of like more, um, more in-depth stuff. Um, but then I realized, oh, there's an easier way. So I went from Black Magic, and then I moved into uh, Lumix GH3s for a while, um, and then the A7S one came out and uh, I'd always wanted a full frame camera. So I bought one of them. And for me, that was like the defining moment of, of when I realized that um, gear doesn't necessarily help you achieve like a certain look, but it can inspire you to create differently. Um, and so the first wedding that me and David Lee shot together on the Sony's, um, 
it ended up being uh, the first award we ever won. It was a film convert competition. Like uh, the wedding was just, I don't, I don't know if it was the wedding was amazing. We got lucky by just having new cameras, but it was just bizarre to me that at that time, switching camera systems made us shoot totally this wedding totally differently than we ever had before. And then that, ended, that film ended up doing really well. Um, so yeah, so we sh I switched to Sony and we were on Sony for several years you know we we're all holding out waiting for the a7s3 waiting for the a7s3 i eventually had to give up because um i was filming in like locations around the world where i personally felt like i was uninspired by the footage and i've, I've learned now that clients are not pr probably not going to pay more for like specifics like they're not gonna say oh like I, you're, you're shooting on a, on a red, I'll pay you more for a red in the wedding industry. It's very rare. Um, but they do pay more for better quality work. And if the gear inspires you to create in a new way, then your work will be better. And I think that will help build your, your, your style. So um, the reason I switched to Blackmagic originally was because I've always had an obsession with like image quality and stuff. And when I was filming in uh, Iceland the first time, um, I was I had a I had a second shooter, Seth Dunlap. Actually, uh, we were shooting together, and I was shooting on an A7S II, uh, and he was shooting on a uh, red helium 8K like camera, you know. And just so one I got of those to compare the two. <laughs> yeah, just just a forty thousand dollar camera, no big deal. Um, and so he, I got to compare the footage side by side. And it was like that defining moment for me where I was like, oh man, like I'm missing out on like, like when, when I'm in epic locations, like I'm missing out on this, um, this detail that's in, in the image. Uh, and so um, I started doing research, started doing research, but as you know, black magics um, are very limited in like their convenience factor. Um, and so I was like, I held off. I was just waiting for the A7S III for as long as possible because I was transitioning from this um, super polished look um, that I was able to get with the with a gimbal and the, and the A7 uh, III that has IBIS and stuff. Very polished, very, um, uh, I cared about things being perfect. Um, and as I moved forward in my career, I started wanting a little bit more raw feeling, a little bit more, um, people call it handheld, but you know, I think it's, I think of it more like ENG style, more shoulder rig where it's not super shaky, like a lot of handheld, it's more just, you know, natural organic movement. And so that's been my journey um, about kind of why I ended up on black magic it was for two reasons um one it was just for the 4k and the image quality um and then uh and then two just to kind of get that hand that that handheld look um that just feels like just feels so right you know when you're filming like a, a like a raw like like a live event that's um that there's a lot of emotion you can actually have a lot of motion in, in the, that small camera movement in my opinion yeah i think <clears throat> as we shoot um, Blackmagic as well. We also shoot the Fuji X-T4, which is a little bit of a different vibe, but you can do some, it's the whole like people go, oh, I want handheld. And I'm like, you really don't? Like, cause I call it the DSLR shakes. Like yeah. this move, the steering wheel <laughs> effect is not, um, yeah. it's not what you would get if you were shooting cinema cameras. And then what we really yeah. want is cinematic. And cinematic is yeah. is this move, not this move. Yeah. So I think I think <laughs> when you're looking at like, <clears throat> I I totally can connect with that in terms of, a I think it conveys a level of skill, um, and it is inspirational. 
and all that. So I, I love something you brought up, which is the push-pull of allowing clients, like you said, they don't pay for specs. They wouldn't even, if you said like, oh, this is 12-bit color, they'd be like, so, right? They don't care. Yeah. Honestly, like if you were inspired by a Canon 5D Mark II, they would probably pay for that. Like yeah, not everyone, right. but a lot of people. So like ultimately we're talking about um, putting yourself in a condition to do your best work. So kind of for you, now that you've switched over, how have you seen, because I've seen your work change a lot, even some of the stuff that you haven't even started releasing in terms of like the longer films, the types of films you want to be making, right? How is this yeah. like shift in gear and philosophy affected the types of work you want to be making? Um, I would say uh, that I was I was more inspired to shift gear because I knew what kind of work I want to start making, um, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of the opposite direction. Um, I filmed my first long form like documentary cinematic highlight film. I filmed it on a, on a A7 III. Um, and, uh, and I was like the whole time just nervous cause it's so run and gun. It was in France and, um, you know, we were filming for like, it was actually New York and France. We were filming for five days, I think. And the whole time I just had anxiety of like, am, am I, am I going to be able to recover this shot? Like all this stuff. So I, there was so much, um, worry. It ended up being fine, but during the editing phase, you know, I had to edit around all these limitations from shooting on a compressed codec. Um, and that was like a big thing for me when realizing, okay, if I'm going to go more documentary style, um, and just be running around, I need a camera that I don't have to think about that stuff. Um, I still think it's really important to nail things in camera as much as possible, but when filming like true, true, like following people around documentary style, not like controlled events in a wedding uh, setting, um, having a camera that shoots like raw that you can fix all the issues, that was a big, big deal for me. Um, so, but the challenge of this is that, <laughs> To when uh, so handheld is like one thing, right? Yeah, and that's like one look that I like. But that doesn't mean that you have to be all handheld. I really still love gimbal work, especially on days when you're following five people around the, the south of France and they're like at the beach and then they're going shopping. Like, like I want some gimbal work in there. So that's actually been the biggest thing with um, my biggest hurdle for the last 18 months um, has been being able to use a gimbal with the Black Magic, um, and so that's why like i've spent so much money on different gimbals and i'm the worst about returning stuff or or not using it and then i like move, go past like the 30 day do you have window. like eight gimbals like we do <laughs> um i don't have eight but i do have a five thousand dollar gimbal that i can't use what is it what is it because it's too heavy it's the helium uh, uh, Heli uh helios from, maybe we can uh, talk afterwards because yeah, we need something for the ursa <laughs> Dude, it will handle it. It's beast mode. I will it's say the, so heavy. The Ronin Three Lab S does work okay with with the Ursa. Anywho, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I I even bought the Crane uh, S Three. Yeah, like yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I yep. bought that, and um, with the extension and all that stuff. It's so heavy but, though. 
it's heavy and manual focus like oh. i can manual focus the crap out of it if i'm on like handheld or anything like that i cannot manual focus gimbal shots it's yeah. not like my composition suffers so much yeah um and so uh with that being said um that's the reason i decided to just make the switch back to a7s3 for gimbal because uh i shot on it uh, out in a wedding in, uh, in big sur and like clearly in my the image quality is not as good like but you have to like be realistic about like what you're trying to achieve um and convenience factor versus um you know uh actually getting the job done so um like because like i said a client's not gonna not gonna care about like a 10-bit image over a 12-bit image or 8-bit image or whatever so um so that's basically i'm kind of saying all this stuff to just be like my journey of like what i'm creating right now um was like and the gear that i bought was very much so i could create these longer form films and documentary style films um and have super like just be really confident about running around and not worrying about being overexposed or being underexposed or my white balance being off so that i can just focus on the moments and just film things in their entirety um, and then i hate to say this but like if you know if i need to fix it in post um, Henry shoots black magic. We shoot black magic as well for, especially for commercial work. It's pretty much all I would really use. If you're starting out, in my opinion, Jared, I don't think it's for the faint of heart. And I don't think it's for, if you want to try it, I will never tell someone like, don't try something. But I do think like, it's a very challenging camera. It's it's kind of like a nuanced conversation. I think it's interesting because a lot of people on you know forums will be like, it's not about the gear, it's about the filmmaker, and that cliche that you're like, yeah, you're right. Um, Let me see your work. But but at the same time, I know for me personally, when I've gotten a piece of gear that's challenged me, it does make me a better filmmaker, right? So it's like that kind of like yeah. catch twenty two, where it's like, well, yes and no. Well, right. So here's a great example, Henry. I'm sure you've had this experience. We, for about a year, I had only shot black magic, all manual, fo like all manual focus, you know, using the Edelchrome yeah. focus, focus wheel and just kind of like really yeah. focusing on that. I did a wedding where I had to step in and shoot Fuji X-T4 and I looked at my footage. I'm like, this footage is so much better than what I used to shoot. Like I just, interesting, right? I freaking leveled up. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I like, I went to the gym, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and I think like yeah. that's what will happen to you. And like, if you really want to challenge yourself and increase your skills, I do think Black Magic, like, the degree of difficulty from the planning standpoint, from the carrying the weight, you have to think about power, you have to think about all these issues, and you're doing yeah. it all for one freaking reason, so you can get that file. And I would say that your composition is going to level up too, because Completely. a real a real discussion is full frame versus APS-C versus Micro Four Thirds. Um, when you're shooting like epic stuff, like I, that's why I didn't care. I was like, yeah, I'll give up. I'll give up bokeh because I'd actually love to see more of you know Iceland in the background or whatever. But um, when shooting local weddings, which we do, um, I've noticed a really big difference in. Um, in the cleanliness of you know my background, right? When shooting on these black magics, and I have the speed booster, and so it's equivalent to like an APS-C or Super 35 or something like that. Um, but because of that, my composition has gotten severely better because I don't have this just beautiful blurred background uh, behind me when shooting, you know, in scenes that just aren't as epic or as pretty. Um, so that's like another uh, benefit of that. But I will say, 
like I've been considering for a long time, if it wasn't such a huge financial investment, um, I've been considering for local weddings, just going back to shooting a Sony and doing A7S three for local jobs because the file management's easier. I don't need all this ridiculous, you know, dynamic range at these local jobs. So um, there is like a conversation to be had about like gear for specific jobs. So one of the biggest questions that people have when they're kind of starting their own wedding filmmaking careers, or even in the middle, I think all of us have like a mid-career crisis too, like who am I, what do I wanna make? And, and ultimately a lot of it comes down to my look, like what, what defines me? So, so how important do you think it is to have a unique look that's totally just you? Uh, uh, for me, it's been important, right? But uh, that's a really hard question because I don't think there's like, I don't think I'm doing anything that's like 100% unique, you know? I think that everyone um, is inspired and maybe imitates people and until they figure out what, what, what it is for them. So um, like the importance level of having a unique look, I think is really important. But at the same time, uh, I kind of be realistic with myself and, and like I know that bookings in business is so much more than just your work. Um, so that's like a whole nother topic, right? Uh, but I think that your work needs to reflect what you want to do and what you want to create uh, and the type of clients that you want to work with, which is like the oldest saying in the book, you shoot what, you, uh, the oldest saying in the book is you shoot what you show. So like, I know that for me, uh, that's been a big thing is like, we're super selective on what we show because we've been trying to leverage up, you know, our weddings and in, in, in over five years or six years or whatever it's been, it's really worked for us. So um, I would definitely say that people define, like we have two types of client, well not two types of clients, we have like two types of work. And those two types of work are two very specific styles. We have fun and wild and we do have um, cinematic and like super like heartfelt like stuff. So we're kind of playing both sides of the field, you know, like, and it's worked really well for us. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think the thing that I like about your work, Henry, is like when we met you, I was like, oh, Henry's work and what he does kind of is reflected in his personality. Like, like Henry's on the dance floor. He likes to have fun. And then his edits are some of the coolest dance floor edits that you could see too. So it's like, you know, Thanks. your uh, personality and who you are definitely shines through at the end of the day of your work. Uh, one of my favorite quotes uh, was in a book from Chris Orwig. And, um, you know, it, he'd said, hey, if you want to create better work, become a better person, become like a more interesting oh, wow. person. And uh, I think that's where like a lot of filmmakers really should be focusing, right? Is like not necessarily should I be worried about my color or should I be worried about my look necessarily? But like, what is my defining style? What am I attracted to? And like, those are really the things well, that they should be working on, right? I'll always say this quote from Euro Dreams of Sushi, which is like one of my favorite documentary movies. Um, but he's, you know, this 85 year old sushi chef, the only three Michelin star sushi restaurant in the world. And yeah. he says, oh, in order to make great food, you have to eat great food. Mm. And and I think it is a little bit that in terms of filmmaking is like, what are you ingesting? And that and so like that'll end up being reflected in your look. So I think one more thing when it comes to look is, oh, look at this cutie. Bentley. <laughs> He's gonna join us for the rest of the podcast. Great. Sorry. Sweet. Um, so what, 
like I guess when you think about a look, right? Like a look is defined by so much more than just um, color correction. Color correction, and, yeah. or yeah, it's not one thing. Yes, yeah. it's, yes, yeah. many. And that's a that's a trap that I think a lot of people get in, and that's why you always see like people asking like. What LUTs? What LUTs are you using? Because they think by just applying Henry's awesome LUTs that all of a sudden I'll become Henry Martin. It's like, or it'll look like Henry. It'll doesn't not work all. like that. Um, so I, yeah. can, I, can I chime in on this? Yeah. Um, I do, okay, throughout my career, and there's many ways to do it, right? And we all pick things. But throughout my career, like my like hierarchy of things that were important to me, right? First like having a unique color grade. Uh, in the Dallas market, uh, when I came in, I had the most stylized, it wasn't good, I just had the most stylized color grade and it set me apart. Uh, so that was like number one. And then once, you know, that was like thing, then I started focusing, uh, on, focusing on more on cinematography. I didn't get to actually story until like year like three probably of like being like a really important thing. Um, and so like for me, it was just like always about being different um, and like trying to be different in different categories because like you said, defining a look or a style or whatever you want to call it um, isn't one thing. So I think it's important for new filmmakers to find, to focus, to focus, choose one thing you want to focus on for six months and see your progression and see if you get better. And if you, you can continue to focus on it or you can choose to like pivot. Cause then my next thing was, okay, I want to start incorporating sound design. That was like, mm -hmm. that was like the fourth thing I wanted to focus on. So like, it's been like building blocks for me, which sounds really basic, but like it, like that's how I got better. I, I have a question with that, Henry. Um, so, I think a lot of filmmakers, when they first start out, they're kind of just like, they're hired to do like their cousin's wedding. And then, you know, it's, you're slowly yeah. building up towards, you know, doing awesome luxury weddings. I think that's most people's career path. And probably most people that are listening to, you know, this podcast path, maybe they're starting out and they're like, how do I get to, into, you know, more of the work that I want to be doing? Um, yeah. Because, you know, a person's style factors into the work that they want to be actually doing. Um, what how, what was your journey like to start doing more of the weddings that you wanted to be doing? Like you talk about Iceland and and you know shooting in Europe and yeah, I think a didn't lot start there. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, don't start there. <laughs> yeah. um, how did you start getting couples to do more of the um, shooting or, or get them to trust you with your shooting style um, from from the very beginning? I guess does that make sense? Yeah, um, I think that in the beginning I didn't, you know, I didn't get anything because I didn't know what I wanted, right? Um, so like, uh, but I guess that your question is primarily like, how do you like build on on on? It goes back to the question of like figuring out what you do like and what you do want, um, so that then you can ask. Like, here's the thing: if someone hires you, it doesn't. I don't think it matters if they hire you and you're a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars. It's because they see something and they trust you enough to give you money. You know, and so like at that point, you have like the uh, like not the authority, but you have the right to like ask for stuff yes. uh, and ask for trying different things. Um, there's a lot of talk in the wedding industry right now, which I think is very, very healthy. I think it's very good about like the um, the balance and people's mental health in the wedding industry, mm. which I think is I think is a really important topic. So I don't want to discount that at all. But I'm going to say something super controversial. Um, I think you got to Gary V the shit out of your like first two years in this industry. <laughs> well, like I, you have to go. Don't it, get me started. If you, 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, I really do like because now, but here, like, if, for those of you who don't know who Gary Vee is, like, you just gotta not sleep. You have to go 120% all the time. That's how I got to to where I am now. And then now. I've been focusing more on my mental health, but you know, like, but I just think that like, if, if you're, if you're really trying to create like amazing work or even just build a business that is like super, like super, uh, super well balanced, I think that you just have to put in like everything, um, yeah. when you're first starting out yeah. and by doing that, it's practice. And with practice you have, and this, okay, here's the answer to your question. My long winded answer. Um, you have to be real with yourself. Like, um, you have to actually look at your work that you're putting together and try to find things that you're not doing well and and get better at them and like find like I said just it's so like simple it's I sound like a like a noob I'm like oh just like my mic sounded good at this wedding when I put it on him and bad at this wedding what were the differences and that's how I found out about what's called mic placement and how that makes a difference like I put it like down here one day and I put it up here another day and it made a huge difference so like it's just like analyzing your own work, maybe have people in your life that you can um, take criticism, like don't like ask for like feedback, or like, hey, is this film good? Just say, hey, like if you could change one thing about this, or if you notice one thing that's off, that's my idea of like getting better over time, because then you will start to um, find out what you do want to ask for, and then, and then you'll start putting out work that's unique. Um, and there's another thing I wanna talk about, but I know Jason wants to jump in right no, now. No, no, so, yeah, like, I, I was just like gonna say, um, your all that stuff of like collecting feedback of your own of yourself right yeah. most people i've seen like i'll hear a guy like oh i did this style and then i didn't like it so the next wedding and i'm like i wouldn't we don't like we generally don't make changes on anything until we've done like a giant pile of weddings because you're it could not be, gonna be good at anything new you do yeah, yeah yeah so we could suck at it and so like give yourself the reason you have to grind is because you have to give yourself a lot of data very early yes. on to start assessing the value of it. Could Was my approach right, but my execution wrong? Was my execution wrong? Am I, like, were they both wrong? Do I have bad yeah. taste? Like, who knows? Like, there are things yeah. where we've literally something as simple as we shot one wedding with the Black Magic. We didn't convert it to Rec 709 in our in our monitor effectively not the right way yeah and yeah our color took way longer in post because i was like nah that wasn't what we were shooting all these issues next wedding we nailed it we made sure we got the profiles right and then you end up with four hours shaved off your post production that would be like if me yeah. sh shooting that wedding going like all oh, these cameras they actually suck the color's not that good it's like no i screwed yeah. up i didn't convert it right it, 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 you know of course you're gonna make those kind of mistakes. So I would say give yourself enough data to actually make smart, smart, decisive choices. And so be decisive, but be patient. Yeah, and on that note, because I know, I, like I, I feel like I just started yesterday and I feel like I can go back to like some of the same feelings that I had, like when like starting, like just like, I didn't even have all these education, like opportunities and podcasts to listen to to get better back then. You know, it was like very, very limited stuff. And so um, one thing that I think it might, it's a backwards way of engineering this, but it might be easier for you. You might be saying, okay, but I don't know exactly what I like, or I don't know exactly what I want, um, which is fine. Maybe ask yourself the same question a different way. What do you not like? I like, love that. What yeah. do you, Good point. what do you dislike? And then don't do that. 
and then you will kind of like whittle your way into finding something that you do like. Mm -hmm. and, and you brought something up a couple times in just me, even just passive ways, but like, and we do this similarly. Um, a, put out the work that you want to attract, right? Don't put out work you want to repel. But also, like, listen to the things that your clients call you about that they go like, oh, I oh, saw yeah. this one wedding. I loved it, right? I'm not saying you can entirely do that because you might get into a rut there. But I do think it, yeah. it, it lets you know, like, people recognize my skill in this area. This is something to lean into a little bit to help me define my style because ultimately we're running businesses here and you don't wanna to have to be pushing a rock up a hill constantly where you're constantly trying to like, nothing you do is good enough. Like there are some things that you do that are good that will make you money for the rest of your career and you never should change them. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, man, such a good topic. I mean, I just feel like, uh, like getting feedback from like your inquiries, right? That is a super critical. Um, and if you're not asking, like on our contact form, we have like, um, uh, no, no, not in our contact form. Sorry, on like our on on our first consult call that I do, I I literally ask them like, hey, is there any is there any specific film of, films of ours that stand out to you? And if they'll say like, oh yeah, we loved this film, I don't just leave it at that. You just follow up with another question, and say, okay, uh, I love that film too, whatever. Is there is there a specific feeling, or is it more technical? You love something that like you know the color or the music, you know, and kind of like get that feedback, and that way, uh, and you know, write down notes and like have a, a list of like those things that Jason said. Like, what are your what are your people that are interested in you like what are you doing good right and then um, either expand on those or say okay I've done a good job with this what's something else I can add into my films to elevate it you or know? I've heard people do this they go I freaking hate these weddings I need to stop doing that if you are constantly getting inquiries for films that you don't want to make you know oh, you yeah. shouldn't be doing that stuff anymore. Like I heard people who are like, I don't like these luxury weddings. I don't like dealing with these planners. I don't want that type of wedding. Yeah. I want this type of wedding. And it's like, okay, well, like part of defining your style is doing things that speak to the people who you want to work with. So, which, you know, yeah. I, I think that that's like a very advanced level of filmmaking. Like I will tell you if you're listening to this and you haven't gotten to that level, I would think like 90% of wedding filmmakers are not curating their clients like this. And I don't know that they even will have the opportunity to. Most of people, are, like if you are making a living as a full-time wedding filmmaker, you're in a very small club and you're freaking killing it. That's the first thing I'll tell you is like, if you were able to pay all your bills making wedding films, you don't need to put this pressure on you to feel like some kind of failure if you're That's not good. creating some look and making like a quarter million dollars a year shooting luxury films all around the world. But I do think everyone should strive to be proud of their work and to make things that they love. And I think your look ultimately, like as much as it's about attracting clients and it is a key to leveling up, I do think it's also about you having fun and enjoying your job. So I'd love to ask you, as you defined your look, have you found that it's increased your like satisfaction in the job and what you're creating and like how has that affected what you're making or are you just never satisfied it causes you to push harder and maybe for me that's the satisfaction uh, by the way yeah i'm i'm never satisfied uh i'm, I'm that kind of guy right um and it's, i know it's not a healthy place to be right so like and that that's the truth but that is just my personality. That's my lifestyle. It's how I was brought up in so many areas of my life. Um, and so, while I'm never satisfied, I've gotten better at um, at really believing that each wedding is its own 
um, its own thing, its own like its uh, personal relationship with that client, and like I did the best I could on that film, and step aside, move on. You know, it, I really try not to do a linear move on where I'm comparing each film to each film. I like to just step aside, move forward, step aside, move forward. I feel like that's. Uh, I heard John Mayer talk about that one time. Um, he came out with an album called Continuum. Is this, this amazing album? And then he followed up with Battle Studios, and. Um, not very successful in comparison, but he talked about like uh, how he just stepped like he's like, listen, we're not trying to like recreate that. Like that was its own amazing thing. Um, we're on to the next project. It's a completely different project. And I really like took that to heart in the last like year or so, which I feel like has helped me out like uh, mentally and emotionally. Um, and actually what's funny is now that like I've kind of taken that guilt off myself, I feel like I'm making better films again. Yeah. It seems like seems like a lot of pressure too. Like when you're doing a, a thing so well, right, and you're crushing it, the next person that's going to hire you is going to be like, "I want that thing," and you're like, "Well, we're in a totally different setting where you have a totally different environment. We have less time to shoot, but I can do something yeah. that's more customized and like, you know, let's go this way." Like it, it's it's a lot of pressure yeah. to do the same thing for people over and over and over again. And and also, I think it does get you in kind of a, a rut in general. Um, Henry, I, I, yeah. I was wondering too, do you think the amount of weddings that you do affects your individual style as well? Because I know for yourself, you're like cutting back quite a bit, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely cutting back. Uh, 2021 was supposed to be my year of 15, but it's going to be 2022 now. Yeah. Um, I wonder why. Which I'm cool with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that's just for my own editing style. Um, yeah. I think you know. I know. I know a lot of guys in Dallas that kill it, and they do. They have amazing businesses. They do forty weddings a year, you know, and they um, they work really hard, uh, and that works for their business model and their style. But for me, yeah, this the quantity of weddings uh, dramatically affects um, the outcome of the film. And um, I actually think that for my editing style, which is so personalized, I really I actually take the time to get to know my couples before the wedding day. Um, I've flown to the other states to meet people and hang out with them for a day and then flown back. Um, it's a really big deal for us. I, I'm not recommending that for everybody. Um, but uh, with that being said, um, my personal life affects the outcome of these films so much. Um, and so, yeah, the quantity is a huge, huge factor of that. What was the most weddings you ever shot in a year? 42. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how, like, when you first Second start year. out. Third year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. When you first start out, you're shooting, like, four, five, then you're, like, 15. And then if you're good, like, the demand demands you just do more. Like, you're just, like, oh, man, yeah. everyone wants me. I'm driving all over the place. This is crazy. I can't keep up with it. And then once you get up there, it's, like, I didn't say no to go anybody. Go full circle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually think... I am all about like lead control, mm -hmm. volume control, quality control. But I think initially at the beginning of your career, you should try to shoot as much as you possibly can shoot. That's mm -hmm. my biggest yes. advice for you is like, if you can shoot 120 weddings in three years, you should do it, right? Because yeah. you need to hit critical mass and your reputation in your own area so you can keep making it rain while you're trying to get these luxury weddings or whatever your goals are, you need to be able to get your lead sources enough that you can reject people with price. You need enough data to n confidently push your product out. And it's like a lot of people I know, like they're like, oh, I'm just trying to cut my weddings down. I'm like, how many did you do last year? Oh, 15. How many did you do the year before? Oh, 10. 
I'm like, the second, and then I go, what's your close rate? They go, oh, I'm closing on like 70% of my leads. I'm like, you're gonna be freaking screwed. Like, you yeah. don't have enough, yeah. you don't have enough referral base, you don't know enough people, you don't have enough body of work. This is like one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is like, they try to immediately get into that 15 wedding zone and I'm like, you gotta earn that. I couldn't agree more, man. I know this is probably gonna be super controversial, like everything you're saying, but like I agree 100%. We did a hunt over 100 weddings in three years, um, just over 100. It was like 28, 35, 42, or 42 then 35, um, and you know, like it was it was insane. But the amount of information and data that I was able to analyze by using a CRM, especially, so highly recommend people that are doing this to use a CRM. Um, it was critical in adjusting everything. Not only just from like pricing standpoint, but like like I got way better as a filmmaker. I learned, I, I failed my way to success so many times. Um, so literally I couldn't agree with you more. Like you do, I think that if you're, I mean, there's there's always exceptions and I guess there's no absolutes, but definitely like don't feel like if you're shooting more than 15 weddings a year, you're overdoing yourself. Um, like I need that, that work-life balance. It, I need yeah, work you know, like it's true, but like it's only true like if you've, I don't know. It's there's, kind there's, of yeah, true. It's kind of it, like it's farmers true. from like none of our parents or their grandparents got to decide to just not work. Like yeah, most people yeah. were working like 60 hours a week and like when I have to hear somebody complaining about having to shoot 25 weddings, I'm like, so you're editing three days a week times 24, you're shooting 20, like when you get to a certain place, you get to decide what your lifestyle is. And I'm all about that. I'm all about like yeah. earning your place, making decisions on what makes you happy, working to get to the point where you can have what you want. But in terms of like, yeah, I'm not about like keep people who haven't earned the day off asking for a day off. Yeah. Like, but like maybe though they know what they want though. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, maybe they know totally. like I'm always playing devil's advocate. I'm like playing devil's advocate against myself right now. But like cuz like maybe they're like all right, like I only want to do 15 weddings a year. Um I think they should like, build a business that can sustain it. I'm all about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a very interesting topic. But I think if you have the opportunity to grind and hustle like as much as possible, I think that uh, that will give you quicker success. Um, I guess if anything, uh, or you know, and defining success is a whole different topic. But it'll get get you quicker to your goals uh, if you can just hustle. Like I didn't turn away any clients for so long. I just worked. I would literally like just worked all the time and it did get to a point where it wasn't good for my marriage and that's when i pivoted uh but i was able to pivot because i already established a name for myself and all that stuff yeah, it's yeah like i a, think it's a just good hardship though like going through something that's really hard working really hard finding where that edge is i think is really important for creatives to be like okay that that's where my edge is what what's the ideal lifestyle that i want to be leaving or leading and then you know, I think that's important for a lot of people to, to find because when you first start, it's just like, you know, you're slow at everything. So maybe you can only edit, you know, maybe you're probably starting part time. You're oh, doing yeah. four to five weddings and you're like, this is a lot. And then, you know, what's that? What's it going to take to get to that stage? The first wedding we ever edited stage? took us like four months. Yeah. We didn't know what we were doing. Like <laughs> yeah. at the beginning of your career, yeah. you just suck at everything. And that's why it's hard. Yeah. But then you slowly get faster yeah. and you're able to maybe take on 10 weddings. And then you're like, well, 
where's that balance between trying to be creative and then just getting the damn thing done at the end of the day and like finding where, okay, where's my new line? Okay. I'm really good. And this is where my limit, the maxed out limit of my like professional knowledge, but then also my sanity is at the same time. (laughs) And like then bringing it back to like, okay, this is the, where I want to be creatively and almost pulling back so you can be, you know, doing maybe less weddings, but more of the creative, you know, it's like, it's a journey. I'm a big important. believer. If you want to know your limits, you got to push your limits and, mm-hmm. and you don't want to, that's, that's, yeah. yeah. there are more important things than money. There are more important things yeah. than being some baller creative that it's yeah. ego trip, all these things. Yeah. So like if at the end of the day, it's between you and your marriage and being an awesome filmmaker, I say quit being a filmmaker, but yeah. But like, I think, I don't think it has to go there. And I think you shouldn't be worried about testing your limits. I think, and especially initially, you should want to get as much data as possible yep. so that you can do things that you really want to be doing and, yeah. and creating stuff you really want to be creating. Because now back to the look, Henry, you're in a place where you want to keep pushing your look. You're at a place where you can make some decisions. So what is your next goal in kind of defining what is the Henry Martin's, the Brothers Martin's look? Uh, that's a great question. I uh, I think for us, um, the big thing I want for the Brothers Martin's is to uh, transition from um, doing highlight films into being known and uh, and really like respected uh, amongst like the industry um, for long form films. Um, I've done the super short, like sexy, like highlight films and like uh, and teasers and stuff. Um, and we'll still keep teasers in the package, but I want to focus our primary uh, product uh, as multi-day um, long-form cinematic docs or whatever. Um, I found so much fulfillment in doing those and so much enjoyment um, in putting those together and the client's reactions. And so uh, we have some really cool weddings that got postponed uh, that are going to be more of that, but we have about three of those in our reel right now. And uh, we've been able to book some amazing opportunities to make uh the same style of films uh, at other weddings that are going to be coming up this year and next year. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be like a fun transition for me and offering something that not a lot of other people in the industry are offering, which I always love. So um, I have a suggestion for the name of the film. Yeah, please. You call them Bro Docs? <laughs> like, I mean, it's just a name. <laughs> bro Docs? Yeah, like Bro. It's a Bro Martin Doc, so Bro Docs. Bro, uh, yeah. So there is a. I would okay, go with that. You don't, you don't want to. I would, I would say AB it a little bit before you decide, <laughs> Just decide whether or not to use Bro Docs. Henry, I will say I love those edits, man. I think you guys are crushing them. I think they're super inspiring. Um, I don't know how you thank do you, them because so I try to do like a long format, like even like a fifteen-minute edit. That's just like. We were there for three days, and I was like, "Oh, let's make it a little bit longer. We'll extend our our, our you know highlight film a little bit yeah. longer." And getting couples to like buy in, yeah, I find is like the hardest thing. And also coming up with interesting things, especially when you're not working with interesting people. We'll have to have you back yeah, on the, once, the concept a little of like bit later. The long to talk form that. film is like how much. How do I add the sizzle? How do I how do I still maintain like a sense of movement? Like the the yeah. story has to have narrative arc and it has to have tension and it also yeah. has to have is it all realistic? Yeah. Is there are you taking somebody into like a more of a like the cool thing about a recap slash highlight film is that it it from the very beginning the person's transported into an idealized version of their wedding. And so that's why Yeah, you, yeah. 
it's why it grabs people right away. And we've always say like, I don't want it to be their wedding. I want it to be the wedding that they wanted to have. That to me yeah. is what a highlight film is. You cannot hide that crap in a 20 minute long film. And so it's, it is challenging. So I'm looking forward to you having to deal with that challenge and not me. <laughs> I think, I, I think, uh, I, you know, there are definitely, uh, like things it's, that's whenever like this type type of film is whenever I will be selective of clients. Does that yep. make sense? Yeah. Totally. Like, yeah. I will not be offering this film to people. Uh, one, there literally is a, a specification that we have to film for three days minimum, but um, so they have to be having three days of events like base. And then, um, but on top of that, like if they're having three days of events and like they're the Zoom call is just a boring call, like it, we're not gonna book them. Like I'm not gonna put myself through that. I'm not gonna put them through that. Um, but uh, yeah, so it is an interesting topic, but that's definitely a topic for another time. And yeah. um, maybe I'll create a class on how to film these things. Hell Cause yeah. it is, I will tell you this, it is so much more fun filming these uh, and being a part of like the whole crew for like three days than just filming a highlight. Um, and but the, the the problem that you mentioned jared is like okay like how do you like extend this out you have to film differently that's why i can't offer a highlight film and a cinematic doc i have to do like a teaser in a cinematic doc because the style of filming is so different it's so many terabytes <laughs> yes yes for sure totally hey, hey thank you so much for joining us today henry like i had said definitely yeah. check henry out how does everybody connect with you again one more time just on Instagram uh, at uh, the Brothers Martins, and then uh, same thing. Uh, like if you want to uh, do like any mentor sessions or anything like that, ProLutz.com. Would you be willing to um, hop on a clubhouse? For sure. On Thursday of this week, uh, the week that we're releasing this podcast, we're going to be hopping on with Henry at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time um, to just talk about the episode, uh, allow people to ask very specific questions um, from Henry. You know, what is going on in his life? What's going on with his filmmaking? Uh, talking about defining your unique style as well. So uh, going to be really excited. Henry, how have you liked Clubhouse in general? What are, what are some kind of main takeaways of, of the platform? Super beneficial for the industry. Um, super fun to hang out with my friends uh, without any pressure of like video. Um, also, just like popping in and out with no pressure. Um, big, big fan of the app. Um, it is. It's just. Uh, it's. It's very cool to connect, and I love that there's no like. Sure, you have moderators, but I love that anyone can you know pop up there yeah. and be a part of like the panel of talking. So it's not like super elitist, which I love. Yeah, it's it's really cool. So we we're gonna do that. So if you want to get connected, you have, you were listening to this episode, you're like, I wish I could ask Henry this. Well, now you can. So join us on That's Clubhouse, awesome. one o'clock Thursday. We're gonna be there. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, what what are we looking? Jared Haas, is that your? Yeah, Jared Hass, H-A-S, um, we usually, um, actually, we're going to be trying to make our own club as well. So it's not just a room. Um, if you're familiar with Clubhouse, this is dorky stuff. But we are going to be eventually making our own club. Uh, but for now, you can find um, that room by adding me uh, at Jared Has Thursday, 1 p.m. of next week. Take yeah. a peek. It's going to be great. So if you're checking out our channel, we've got a bunch of other stuff on Wedding Film School. We got all the old school BTS stuff. We got all the new school stuff. Check it all out. It's all still there. Make sure to give us a subscribe. Hit that alert bell if you're on YouTube. If you're listening on a podcast platform, please give us a review. Five stars. All that good stuff. Really, really helps. We cannot wait to see you on the next Wedding Film School show. Hey, uh,